Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This week is Pashas Vayechi, and we're going to start learning the Halachas of Hadlokas Neris Shabbos. The mitzvah of lighting Neris Shabbos, lighting the candles of Shabbos, is a mitzvah midrabanan. It's it's a it's not a, a mitzvah minatayr. It's a mitzvah midrabanan. However, the obligation of lighting candles is very important and is actually one of the very few mitzvahs that Shulchan Aruch requires a person to collect money if they can't afford to buy candles. There aren't many mitzvahs that a person is required to go out and collect in order to do the mitzvah. This is one of them. Mishabur explains that the first thing a person has to buy is challah, but before buying any other food, even wine, the next thing a person is obligated to buy are candles. The Gemara says about this mitzvah, Haragel b'neir, someone who is careful with Ner Shabbos, having le banan tamid chachamim. They will have children who are tamid chachamim. And perhaps this is the reason why, part of the reason why we add a candle for every child that we have. We want to add more candles. We want to be more zohir b'neir for a schus for each child. And this is why the hirotzen that is said after lighting Ner Shabbos includes a unique tefillah that our children should become Tamil Chachamim. This mitzvah was given, to Chaza, given by Chazal to women, although both men and women are equally obligated, but it's a woman's right. And if a husband decides he wants to light the candles instead of his wife, he's not entitled to. It's, it's the schus of a woman. Nevertheless, the husband should be involved and should prepare the candles so that he too has some involvement in the mitzvah, some men have the custom of pre-lighting the candles to make them easier to catch. Um, that kind of depends on the situation. Sometimes that makes it harder. But if it, uh, it is brought down, it's brought down in Shulchanach, that, that concept of helping out with the lighting of the candles. The reason why, for this mitzvah, the reason why it was enacted, are two reasons, Kavit Shabbos and Einik Shabbos. Both are the two mitzvahs we have on every Shabbos, and it's a mitzvah midirik kabbalah, meaning to say it has a source in Navi. It's one step above a drabanan. Kavit Shabbos and Einik Shabbos both are learned from a pasuk in Yeshaya. So the first reason that we light candles is in order to give Kavit to Shabbos, because by lighting candles by a meal is a way to demonstrate the elevated importance of that meal. It gives it a chashivus. Secondly, we light candles for Einik Shabbos so that we can enjoy the meal by having light, being able to see. And this reason includes the well-known reason for Ner Shabbos to ensure that there will be Shalom Bais because if you can't see, you'll inevitably trip on something and that will ruin the atmosphere of peace which is supposed to reign on Shabbos. And by, uh, we, can, we can derive from that that certainly all other forms of disturbance of peace should be avoided as well. That is of chief importance to keep the peace on Shabbos as much as we can. The difference between these two reasons of Kavid and Einig to give Hashivas to the Suda or just to, simply to provide light becomes very relevant nowadays where we really illuminate our homes without the candles. We don't rely on the candles for illumination. We have electric lights. And if so, we don't really need the Shabbos candles to create light. So we don't have that reason so much of Einig Shabbos or Shalom Bayez because the light we have regardless. But we still like candles and make a bracha in order to bring honor and respect to Shabbos. The first reason is applicable. Some place can maintain 
that the electric light should also be turned off um, and back on, having in mind covered Shabbos. So the lights in your dining room should be turned off and then turned back on with covered Shabbos before you light the Nehra Shabbos so that you include the lights of the room also as part of your Hadlakat Nehra's so that uh, you can have a more complete mitzvah. Now, obviously, that's only an option if you're going to do it. It's only an option on an Arab Shabbos, but let's say when you're lighting Nehra's the second day of Yantav, you don't have the option of turning off the light. You can't do it on Yantav. Some people are very medactic, and they set timers so that the lights turn off just about the time to light Nehra's, and they quickly light then. But clearly, this isn't the common practice, and the whole thing is a, a chumrah. Not, not, I haven't really seen it done that much. Now, you can... The truth is you could be Mekayim this mitzvah with electric lights as well, which is very relevant when you're in a place that you can't light fire, such as a hospital or a certain hotel. However, the mitzvah can be done, well, at least if you want to make a bracha, you can only really make a bracha if you have the old-fashioned incandescent light bulbs, you know, the ones that have a filament, because that grows red hot, it kind of burns, it, so it has the status of fire. But the more modern LED lights or fluorescent bulbs aren't considered a flame. Uh, obviously, if you have nothing else, you should use those because the R. Paiskin will hold your yaitzah with them. Some even hold you can make a bracha. But you shouldn't make a bracha on those. But if you would have an incandescent light, you would actually be able to make a bracha. If you're in the hospital and they give you these little tea light lamps that look like a little tea light candle and they're battery operated, those are LEDs. So you can make a bracha on those. But you would technically be able to use a simple flashlight and turn it on and make a bracha. But once again, you'd have to ensure it's an incandescent flashlight and not an LED. And most flashlights these days are LED. You'd have to uh, order one that's specifically an incandescent one. And uh, then what you could do is you could turn on that flashlight and put it into a closet, leave the closet door open, make a bracha, and then when you want to go to sleep, you just close the closet door. I have an incandescent plug-in candle, which I lend out to anybody. So if anybody needs it, if they're going to the hospital or to a hotel or, or so on, please feel free to let me know and you can, you can borrow it. Now, although we always light at least two nares, one for Zohar and one for Shamar, you're actually making the mitzvah with one candle alone. So as long as you have one electric light, it really is sufficient. And likewise, if the overhead lights you're using happen to be incandescent, which is rare, then you should turn those off and back on the Kavit Shabbos, and then you can even make a bracha on them if that's all you have. In this week's parasha, Yaakov Avinu gives brachas to all of the shvatim. Each one gets an individual bracha, which is part, partly a blessing, it's partly a description of their potential, and partly a nevuah of what will occur in, in history, throughout history, to their descendants. However, in the beginning of the parasha, Yaakov Avinu is also giving brachas to Ephraim and Menashe. Now, why did they merit to get their own bracha where none of the other grandchildren of Yaakov Avinu received the bracha? But the truth is, Chazal and say a fascinating thing. It's really the other way around. All of the Shvatim actually only merited to get a bracha through the fact that Yaakov Avinu gave a blessing to Yosef. Only after giving a blessing to Yosef, meaning to Menashe and Ephraim, did that open up the channels of bracha that could then spread to the other shvatim as well. This bracha that was given to Ephraim and Menashe brought down a shefa, 
an outpouring of blessing to the world. And then Yaakov Avinu was able to then transmit brachas to all the Shvatim. So if so, it turns out that this bracha in the beginning of the parasha, which was through Yosef's merit and the merit of Menashe and Ephraim, was the key bracha. The key bracha that all the, the Shvatim were able to be blessed through. And so what's the importance and significance of this particular bracha given to Menashe and Ephraim? Why is it so important? We also see that this bracha, the one given to Menashe and Ephraim, is the one which we repeat and wish upon our children, as Yaakov Avinu himself commands us. All of Klai Yisrael will bless their children through you, saying, May Hashem make you, the child, like Ephraim and Menashe. So we see from this itself that the bracha of Menashe and Ephraim is truly the source of all bracha. And the point where we turn to bring bracha upon our children as well. In truth, we have to understand the whole concept of bracha. Yaakov Avinu blesses Menashe and Ephraim and his children. And we can understand the awesome power of a tzaddik like Yaakov Avinu. Tzaddik Gezer, HaKadosh Baruch Whatever comes out of Yaakov Avinu's mouth is certain to become a, a reality. Yet Yaakov Avinu encourages all of us, he encourages all of us to bless our children. So apparently every parent should bless their children and there's something special to them. There's some special power a parent has by giving this blessing. As many have the custom every Friday night and everyone has the custom Arabian Kippur to bless and before the Hasana, every major turning point in a person's in a child's life, we give them the blessing. But in truth, it really means on a regular basis, bless your children to be successful and have your Shemaim. How does this work? Why does it work? How, does our, how do our brothers do anything? To some extent, it's the power of tefillah we're tapping into. Yaakov Avinu is encouraging us to daven, that our children be successful people, and Erel Chajuz. And he's giving us directions. Daven, that they should be like Menasha and Ephraim. And when Yaakov Avinu did this, he opened up a new passageway to heaven, a new channel of bracha, which we can access now through our tefillah and brachas. And Yaakov Avinu himself took advantage of it and blessed the rest of the Shvatim. This is a fascinating thing. We have to understand what was unique and what is unique about this bracha. So the Tanya Miyayinasin says an amazing thing. He says that Yaakov Avinu meant something specific. When he says, Yisrael, he means at a very specific time, the day of a bris milah. Klal Yisrael should bless their children on the day of the bris milah Using this language, why on the day of the bris specifically? This gives us an insight into what is the nature of this bracha and how Ephraim and Menashe opened up the channels of bracha. The time of bris is when a child becomes connected to his heritage. The bris is a covenant between every Jew and Hashem. It binds us to our nation and it defines us physically and spiritually as Jews. At the time of the bris is when we're given a name. And the name is the child's name, but it includes his father's name. This, this child, the son of his father. And that's the key. The bris connects one generation to the next. It keeps the Messiah of the fathers, the parents, intact to the next generation. And that's why the name is given then. Every Jew gets his identity through his name, his Jewish name, and is connected to his father and represents him in his name. And that represents, representation solidifies his identity, identity as a Jew. And at that point, we give them this blessing. Be like Ephraim, 
and Menashe. Because this was the channel, this was the tzinar, the passageway to Shemayim that they opened up. As the next generation, Menashe and Ephraim took the mantle of leadership over from Yosef. In history of Klal Yisrael, Menashe and Ephraim were the leaders of the majority of Klal Yisrael and ensured that the legacy of Yaakov Avinu will be kept. They preserved the identity of Jews in Mitzrayim, which we know was the key to their spiritual survival. The reason why they eventually merited to be redeemed. They kept their Jewish identity. Menashe and Ephraim had already successfully demonstrated this capacity. After living in Mitzrayim so many years, detached and separated and alone, not together with the rest of Yaakov Avinu's family and the influence of Yaakov Avinu himself, yet remaining true grandchildren of Yaakov Avinu. And is that connection to the others? That, that pride in their identity that ensured that bracha will flow down from heaven, that's what opened up the tzina of bracha. What bracha did Yaakov Avinu give them? Hamalach ha'goyel oisi mikol ra, hu yivarech hasen ha'arem v'yikare v'hem shemi, v'shem ha'vaysa, Abraham v'yitzchak. The malach who redeemed me from all evil, he should bless the children, and that's a reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's a, a different way of referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He should bless the children that they should be called in my name and the names of my fathers, Avram and Yitzchak. Meaning, the bracha is that they should be identified and they should live up to their potential and live a life where they are easily identified as the children of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. That was the blessing because therein lies all the blessing. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov were given brachas by Hashem. Brachas which encompass every single iota of goodness that there is possible to have in this world. All taif is already the the the, her- the heritage of Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov. As Moshe Rabbeinu says, in the end of Vezayis HaBracha, Moshe Rabbeinu just spent the whole Vezayis HaBracha giving a bracha to every single shevet, a long bracha. And then he summarizes and he says, Ashrecha Yisrael, praise this Kha Yisrael, Micha Micha, who is like you? I'm Neishem Hashem, a nation who is saved by Hashem, who is helped by Hashem. And ya- Rashi explains, after he went and detailed many brachas, he told Yisrael, why do I have to bother detailing anything? Why do I list out all the, the, these brachas? The, the rule is, everything is yours. As long as we are Yisrael, we act as the children of the Avis, should we keep our identity as Jews? We're guaranteed, untold blessing. So much so that there's no need to spell out the particulars. That is the power of bracha that every single person has and is able to transmit to their children. The bracha is there already. That's why we bless our children. You should be like Menashe and Ephraim. Keep your identity, even in Gaulus, even when it's hard. Act as Jews, the children of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, so that the others should be proud to be associated with you. And then all the blessing that exists in the world, every good thing that can possibly be, it'll all come to us. It's there already. We have the same power of bracha that Yaakov Avinu has because the bracha is there, waiting to happen. We just have to open the door for it to come pouring forth. We daven, we enlist the kayach that our children should be like Menashe and Ephraim, children who their parents are proud of, proud to be associated with, who make Kal Yisrael and the others proud, who keep their identity as Jews proudly. And the bracha is guaranteed. So, when we give the bracha, we're davening to Hashem, and at the same time, 
we're giving our children a message. We're telling them they should have the pride of being Bnei Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. That's just Simcholikim, Ka'afrayim, Yitzhak, Menashe. They hear from us that that's what we want. That's what we will be proud of. That's what we look forward to see, that they'll be proud of their identity as Jews. And when we transmit that message through us davening, through us giving that bracha, and they live up to that, they have pride in being Bnei Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, all the brachas that there are and can possibly be in the world is guaranteed to come. The Chazam Seifer says one other beautiful addition. He says that Ephraim represents Tyra and Tamid Chachamim, as he was the one who learned Tyra and he served Yaakov Avinu and he was his Talmud. Menashe represents the Parnasse Yisrael, the, the lay leaders, the wealthy people who donate their time, their money, their influence to help Ka Yisrael. So in other words, when we bless our children, they should be like Ephraim and Manasseh. We're wishing them to have both Tyra and Gedula together. They should have Tyra and all that they need at the same time. And that's what Yaakov Avinu blessed us all with. And the important point was that by Yosem, Ephraim, Lefnei, Manasseh, he demonstrated values. Tyra comes first. Our ideal wish for our children is that they should be Ephraim. They should be Tamid Chachamim. And we bless them as well, that they should have everything that they need to, su- to succeed in the world. Have a good night and a good Shabbos.